everything about your brand has to be top-notch, crisp excellence. And so that's what we work with our authors to produce. So is there a line between convention and rules that you're kind of best practices that you should follow and someone coming to you and saying, well, you know, this is who I am. I want to do something different. Of course. Of course. I mean, we want to present you just as as you are or even if you want to shape up a little bit in your shaped up version, you know. But nobody wants to have improper grammar in their book. Nobody wants to say, me and Mark went to the store, right? We've had clients that speak that way, but we're not going to let their book get out that way. Martians landed, wearing Prada suits, drinking Henry's seltzer, chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and? Your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and? A verse about. Yes, your product here. Yes. I'm Hirsch Redman. Yes, and? I'm a message therapist. Yes. And I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes. We'll help you fix the world. Yes. Or your bottom line. All right. Your bottom line. Get it. I get it. Welcome to the Yes, Brand Podcast. Yes. In the Yes, Brand hot seat today is Nancy Erickson, the book professor. This is of very great interest to me. I am a writer, as you all know, but I am not a book writer yet. So I'm undertaking that. So I was fascinated by what Nancy does. Nancy, welcome to Yes Brand. Thanks, Hirsch. I'm so happy to be here. So how did you become the book professor? How did that happen? Oh, well, it was kind of sideways, if you might. My original career was in high tech, and I was a systems engineer for IBM and worked at Oracle Corporation. And then about 2006, my father was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. So I quit everything and went to be with my parents during that time. Right. And when I came home, I'm like, ooh, now what am I going to do? And I realized that, well, I have a chance to start over and really start pursuing the things that I really love. So I actually went back to school and got a master's degree in writing. And when I graduated, I taught writing at the university that I graduated from. And I also started my publishing house, Stonebrook Publishing. And so we are focused on helping people who aren't writers to become authors of what we call high impact nonfiction books. But we were getting so many manuscripts that were so poorly written that I took a step back and I wrote this step-by-step-by-step-by-step process to teach people who aren't writers how to write and how to become a professionally published author of a, of a product that they could be really proud of. And that's how the book professor came about. So, And is ghostwriting part of it? You know, there are people who ghostwrite. Right. You know, that's another interesting process. But what does your approach entail? It is absolutely not ghostwriting. And let me tell you about my opinion about ghostwriting. Ghostwriting, the outcome is only going to be as good as the questions that the ghostwriter asks. And often they don't get below the surface to get really get into the just the emotions and the stories that the actual author has to tell. So, and people are, a lot of times people come to us and think, well, you ghostwrite this. And I said, no, but I'm going to show you how to write this 
so that it really comes from your heart and from your experience and that you are able to share everything that you want to share with your audience in a way that's not kind of sanitized, you know, but it's your voice and it's you telling your stories. And so that's what we do is we work with people. It takes about a year to write a book, but when at the end, because none of our authors are really professional writers, we'll et we edit the book before we publish it. And it, people surprise themselves at how well they do just writing it themselves. They do something that they didn't really realize that they did. But at the end, every writer has to have a really good editor. And so we edit yeah, our books too. Yeah. What is something you look for when someone comes to you with an interest in writing a book? Yeah, that's a really good question, and it's a really critical question because all of our books are intended to do two things for the reader, and that's to offer hope and help. And we do all kinds of nonfiction. We do a lot of business books, and normally, you know, it's not a book that's like like all about me where the person's like, I'm so great, you know, you have to do what I say. But someone who has kind of come through some things with their business who have overcome some things and really want to reach back and just pull somebody else up to give them a helping hand. And so the hope part is where the writer will be telling their own story of how they got to where they are. And then the help part is showing others how to, you know, to do whatever it is that they are offering them. So that's a great intention that the author might have. What separates someone's story? Because skill as a writer could be one thing. So if someone right. comes in and they're a really great writer, they're a great storyteller, then they find a great story or have a great story, and that's a good recipe. But if someone comes in, they're not a writer, they're not necessarily a storyteller, but what might they have that would really make that a project that you'd be interested in taking on? Yeah, well, a lot of people are experts in their field, but they're not really able to communicate that. So the book gives them a really good opportunity to showcase their expertise. Because when you write a book, it should do three things for you. It should establish you as an expert. It should increase your credibility. And it should help attract a following. So if they have an idea, and I, this is where I love to start with people, is just with right. their idea of what they think they might want to write about, then our process pulls it out of them. And when we start off with a series of foundational questions that are asking you things like, you know, why are you even doing this? What's your motivation? And for some people, it might be that, well, I want to showcase my business or my brand. And then it's like, who is your audience specifically? And then how is that audience going to be changed as a result of taking in your material? So there's 12 of those questions, and we distill the answers down into what we call a purpose statement for the book. It just says, the purpose of this book is to do this particular thing for this specific audience, period. Because you can't put your whole life or your whole business or your, all of your ideas in one book. We want it to be very targeted to the message and to the audience. That's a great point because I've been reading a lot of these books lately. Since I started podcasting, I'm interviewing so many different yeah. kinds of 
coaches, consultants, uh, you know, people who have really interesting stories and experiences and perspectives that can help yeah. others. I've been reading a lot of these. Sometimes I appreciate them for their simplicity because what they're setting out to do is really help you do something. Yeah. They're not reading it to to be lost in the in the world of the, in the literature, You're, right? <laughs> right. It's really not a literary pursuit in that way, but it does have to be readable. And so, interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, we all yeah. wanna we all wanna be entertained. And the best writing is when the reader doesn't realize they're reading, they're just turning pages. And that's what yeah. we're aiming for is this page turning experience for the reader. And so the method we use, there's lots of storytelling. And, you know, frankly, people get bored if you're not going to tell them a story. You can't just stand there and tell people what to do. They want to, you know, it needs some layers and depth that they can actually incorporate and translate into whatever their own problem is that they're trying to solve. What's one of the favorite topics that you've helped someone do a book about? Oh, this is so hard because we do so many incredible books. But I will talk about a book we released just about a year ago. It was written by a woman whose husband, who was just a few years older than her, but he had come down with what looked like early onset Alzheimer's, but he was too young for that. And there was no history or anything like that. Anyway, she's a brainiac MIT graduate, you know, with multiple degrees from MIT. And so was he. So she started this whole investigative thing about what is wrong with my husband. Long story short, the genesis of his issues started as Lyme disease. And um. if he had been treated with antibiotics in the beginning, he wouldn't have had any of these symptoms. He ended, he passed away a year ago. And so now she is become a real advocate for Lyme testing and associated with Lyme disease organizations. She's been on the Today Show. She's been... You know, she's in all kinds of publications and stuff and is really taking a stand. And I mean, I love that. And that's the whole hope and help thing. I mean, when you hear, you know, how easily Lyme disease can be eradicated and the horrible outcomes, if it's not, it's just, you know, she didn't want anybody else to go through that. Yeah. Sometimes people want to write a book to heighten their visibility. They want, you mm -hmm. know, they want to, they want to do stages. They want to get out yep. there in front of people. And it makes sense. A book can reach people that one speech or one talk cannot, even if it's on video or whatever, it just right. isn't, you know, but what is the expectation? And I'm sure it varies, but generally speaking, can you give us a sense of the expectation when someone when someone says, OK, I'm going to write a book, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to be an expert in X. Right. You know, what is the expectation of the kinds of audience I might reach or the exposure yeah. I might get? Yeah, well, it, it depends a lot on you and what you do with the book afterward. But if I can describe a little bit about the structure of how we do this, then I can show you what the opportunities are. So, sure. you know. The hardest way to write a book is to sit down and start writing because most people get tangled up because they don't have a structure or a process. And so for us to develop the chapters in your book, we do those in problem solution sets. So you start off just naming the problems that your reader, your audience might have, and through a very story-driven methodology, you present your solutions. Now, the beauty of that structure 
is at the end, when your book is finished and professionally published, you should be able to take out every one of those chapters and repurpose that content for other uses, even other revenue producing products like, you know, keynotes and workshops and seminars. And, you know, even uh, several of our clients have started their own podcast using the base of their book as that material. But on the other end, okay, so books don't write themselves, right? You're not going to get known if you just sit in your office and think, gee, I hope somebody's buying my book. Right. And you're really good at that, you know, talking about the branding and talking about the the outreach and all that you're very responsible for that. And so we don't actually do any book marketing, but we have partners all along the way that can help them if they want to build a podcast, if they want to do online courses, if they want to right, you know, right. even get a publicist. Speaking of online courses as another aspect so a lot is said about thought leadership, people right. having a new way of talking. I was flying back from a trip last night and I was, I was watching a bunch of TED Talks on the plane. And they're always really fascinating for their, for their brevity and their purpose. You know, right, like a big they, punch in a short are, amount of time. It's, it's a big thing. You know it's not going to go on forever. You, you know it's practiced. It's, they're, they're thoughtful about it. And most often they are offering some kind of thought leadership. They're, they're taking the, the lead in some kind of new idea. What does a, does a book have to have that? And if not, you know, one of the kinds of books we're talking about, do they have to have a new point of view or is it simply an expertise? Well, I don't think anybody has a new point of view. I think what we hear and we, you know, assimilate into ourselves, we make it our own. And, you know, we have a variety of experiences so that we're able to probably deliver it in a little bit of a different way. Personality can go a long way, you know, and we want to capture your voice in your book. But if you have an expertise in something, so one of the things that I think is important is that in order to get people interested in you as a follower or whatever, you have to invite them in ever more, ever increasing levels of complexity, I would say. So, yeah. you know, you get them to take a little nibble and then, you know, you see if they want to go deeper and you were talking about online courses. So if, for example, if your book, if that's one of the chapters that you have on there and then you want to teach them how to do online courses, you can invite them into the next step which would be something that you have, another product that you have crafted to, you know, bring them into some other revenue producing things. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. I, and it leads me to, you know, a, a kind of profit versus purpose discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, sharing knowledge is great, helping people, giving back. This worked for me. I hope it works for you, that, that kind of thing. And sometimes the books are more or less you know, altruistic They're They've already made their money. They don't really need it. They're not even, they don't charge that much for it or they give it away. But then when there is a, a profit associated with it, that you're trying to not necessarily even from the book sales, but from yeah, the overall from career the, perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens a lot. And a lot of times when people are trying to justify the cost, I'm kind of like, well, okay, how many new clients do you need to get that would get, justify that cost or how many speaking yeah. engagements do you know? And I do have to tell you, though, a lot of times people come to me and say, they'll say, this is so common. 
I don't care if I only sell one book. I just want to help somebody. By the time the book yeah. is finished, believe you me, they care if they sell one book. They're not going to like it if they only sell right, one book, right. you know. Yeah. So we do some things along the way to help them to, you know, some exercises to reach their target market, to identify their target market and to reach it. And your book really, I, you know, the, I, we don't do books that are just like informational or for raising awareness. We strongly encourage our authors that when the reader is finished, they're going to, something's going to have changed. You know, they'll be motivated to do something, to take an action, to call you, to improve their business and, and whatever. And so we, you know, in short form marketing, they always talk about a call to action, but we have in mind the action that we want the reader to take and we move the narrative toward that throughout the book. Yeah, that's similar to the TED Talk idea where, you know, they are trying to get you to think of, of a different point of view or try what they're, what they have right. found, you know, to, so, you know, I really, I, I like that part of the nonfiction aspect because I was always a big fan of fiction as a kid. I read a lot of fiction. I didn't read a lot of nonfiction, you know, and then as I got a little older, I would read a lot of autobiographies, memoirs, oh, yeah. you know, but there's a knowledge a foreknowledge the, of the subject, right? right? So if you're, how many of the people that you work with have some kind of following already or does this help them cultivate it or what's that? Well, some of them already have a following. Most don't. And this is one of the things that helps them cultivate it. But again, only if you're attentive and you work it at the end, you know, to get the word out. And so, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, they guest on podcasts like yours. They are active on social media to offer value. And of course, if it's on the business side of things, they're more active on LinkedIn than any other, you know, yeah. platform. But no, if nobody knows you, you really have to build that following. And I know that you know, you know, some other ways to do that than writing a book. But with anything, if you, you know, if you build something and you just keep it in your basement, <laughs> nobody's going to know about it. So, <laughs> you know, right. you're, you're talking yeah. about your brand. And so when, what helps you to build your brand in the beginning when you write your book is to really capture your voice through your writing so people can recognize you. And we, you know, encourage our authors and it takes them a while, a little bit of writing to kind of figure out what they can. You can't write the way you speak because that would be really improper grammar and such. Right. Right. But we want it to have the rhythm and cadence and the, energy of your personality. So we help our writers with that. Like that whole book professor name. I didn't know what to call my business that now I'm helping. I've got some online courses and stuff to help people write their book. And so my a friend of mine, she says, well, it's about books. She goes, and you're a professor. Why don't you just call it the book professor? And that really stuck and it made sense. Cause I mean, I've taught so many university classes, you know, I thought, well, that's, I can do that. That's valid. You know? And so, <laughs> yeah. It's got a ring yeah. to it. It does. It does. I like it a lot. I, when I think about what I do with clients, a lot of it has to do with their voice, their brand voice. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it's, they're a personal brand. 
And it's really their voice, like it really is working on their voice in tandem and, mm-hmm. and figuring out how they should sound in interviews and how they should present yes. and mm-hmm. then figure out the brand aspect of what kind of, you know, copy or taglines or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. But it's true that it's, there's a very big difference between a conversation and an interview and a book. You know, yeah. a book is like a, is kind of a living document in a way it feels like you're on the record there's more heft to it right yeah Yeah, there's more and there has to be more attention to it too so one of the things you know people give me we i own a publishing house a nonfiction publishing house so we always advocate for professional publishing not self-publishing and one of the things that if you're trying to increase your credibility at least show your credibility and your expertise don't cut corners don't cut corners and people give me self-published books all the time and i'm pretty impressed that they wrote a whole book but i tell you what i can open the book and on the first page i can think oh my gosh please don't give this to anyone else because what you intended to do to increase your credibility you just trashed it publishing is a very old industry there are lots and lots and lots of conventions that start with the way the pages are laid out and, you know, the editing and, and all sorts of stuff. Because if you're going to go and then, you know, these people spent a lot of time and money on their, these books, but I think it works against them. And you know how it is when, you know, you get emails and stuff with people who've misspelled words all over the page and, you know, you think, yeah. mm, you know, either you're not very attentive to what you do or you're just not very smart. <laughs> but yeah. and you, you don't want your book to be that way. Everything about your brand has to be top notch, crisp excellence. And so that's what we work with our authors to produce. So is there a line between convention and rules that you're kind of best practices that you should follow and someone coming to you and saying, well, you know, this is who I am. I want to do something different. I want to, you know, don't know as an example what they would do, but they would say, I want to do it this. I want to do some of this. Yeah. You know, what's, does that work? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, we want to present you just as you are, or even if you want to shape up a little bit in your shaped up version, you know, but nobody wants to have improper grammar in their book. Nobody wants to say me and Mark oh, went to the store, right? We've had clients that speak that way, but we're not going to let their book get out that way. And so uh, unless they're like writing like Mark Twain or they're writing Tom Sawyer, they're it's okay. of Tom Sawyer. I was gonna say, it's okay in dialogue if you're talking about a conversation, but you don't want right. to start paragraphs that way. Right. But right. You know, the rules and conventions of strict English. Let me just show you something. Publishers have a Bible. This is it. It's called the Chicago Manual of Style that we stick to. I know everything in there, you know, and I know when to bend (laughs) the rules. I know when to bend the rules to fit the author. You know, you could start a a sentence with the word and or but, you know, your high school English teacher wouldn't have allowed that. But we want that if you have a friendly style that has to come through in your writing. Yeah. Yeah. So do some of your clients, once they've done a book, I don't know if there's a rule of how many books people are supposed to do or are advised to do, but do you find that some of them like it so much that they, they're like, I want to do another book. 
Now, oh, I have clients the, I'm working on their third and fourth book with. And yeah. so, you know what? The other thing that our process lends itself to is writing a series of books, like chicken soup for the stole kind of thing. Let's say you're a marketer, you know, and your message is not all that different, but the stories you tell might be different between marketing for a big corporation versus a solopreneur. So you can do, you know, marketing for the solopreneur, for marketing for mid-sized businesses, marketing where the basic structure of the book is the same. And all you do is, mm -hmm. you know, the facts and the approaches and you swap out the stories, which is another great way if you're writing a series of books to build your brand and have a bigger footprint in, you know, out in there in the cyberspace. Something I've, I've wondered about that I... I'm not familiar with is when you're including store, when you're telling stories and you have sources that you're uh, quoting or, or, or sometimes you're saying, oh, I worked for someone blank. And, you know, is there a rule about when naming when names, to prov naming names? Yeah. Is there what's the convention around that? Well, if you're telling a good story about someone or a company, you can name their name. If it's not flattering, right. you could say, I work for the, in the automotive industry. You know, you could kind of right. flatten it out and shade it. You know, some people who are writing more of the kind of book that I call an overcomer book, where it's more of a personal story where they've overcome great obstacles. They have people in there that they don't want to name names. And I said, well, here's the thing, what you can do. First, I want you to write it raw. And I'm saying R-A-W, write it just like it is. Then we're going to go back in and together we'll figure out where do we need to take this person's name out. And you can reduce people to the relationships that could be my neighbor, mm -hmm. my boss, you know, my sister-in-law, that kind of thing. So we're pretty in tune with, you know, we don't want anybody to get, you know, sued, I guess. Yeah. Well. yeah. Over for slander or anything like that. And we don't do those gotcha books anyway. But in a certain number of cases, people have stories to tell that aren't good stories, right? That's part yeah, of what yeah. formed them. And so we make sure it's appropriate for print. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. I think in some cases it's more that do you just – because let's say the person isn't really known, so you're not – you're yeah. Not, you're so not, why throw their name out there anyway? Yeah. Why throw their name out there unless there is a benefit to mm -hmm. them and you really want to give them credit? I think that's how yes. I look at it. Like that's even exactly on the show, right. Hirsch. Yeah. Even on the show, sometimes I'll tell a story, but I'll want to say who the story was about because I want them to get credit for it. Yeah. You know, exactly. for what they did or said. So I guess it's similar to that. In terms of, you know, the show. So we like, I like to give the, the guest a chance to kind of say anything they want to to the audience you know we have entrepreneurs solopreneurs founders ceos smaller bigger and but i think what everybody who comes to the show you know to listen has in common is that they care deeply about their branding yeah. and how it's approached so uh, is there something you would share with the audience from your perspective well i would say that if you want a bigger audience you need a bigger platform and when you write a book it gives you that opportunity to present your knowledge, your brand, your expertise in the way that will be permanent, right? And so beyond that, it also allows you to extend your brand to develop other products so that you're having a consistent 
representation of who you are, who your business is, your integrity, your services, etc., that you can replicate across multiple platforms. Everybody's not going to read a book. So we encourage our authors to use that book as a launch pad so that they can meet the audience where they're already engaged. All right. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you. Yes, and subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review. Yes, friend. Tell all your friends. Yes, friend. Get your branding here. Yes, friend. Get your branding here. Yes, friend. Did I make it clear? Yes, friend. Get your branding on.